See you later, Dick. It's Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick. Sometimes I'd like to do something really well just because I never have. If you ain't true to yourself, then you ain't true to nobody. Your love can take me higher. I want you to stay away from him. He's not what you think he is. My brother's been kidnapped. What we want, Jim, is a little collection on an old IOU. You're the eye, and with you. You're all wrong. You didn't do anything. Come on, get on. How can you know that, Catherine? I trust him, Dad. Vanilla Ice is going to take an uncool world and chill it to the bone. Well, I hope you like being a biker chick because you're not going to see me or my car again. Imagine that. From Universal Pictures, cool as ice. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And Tim? And I was, yes. Yeah, no. Go right ahead, <laughs> oh, sir. Oh, no, I, I, I was going to try to fill the pause just because I thought there was a pause. What were you going to say? Because that'll, that, I, I would appreciate say, that. I was going to say, do you know who CeCe Peniston is? I, I don't know who CeCe Peniston is. She sings, finally, it has happened to me. Right in front of my face. And oh, I'm so well, excited or something something like that. Some, well, <laughs> that's great for me and, and no, for No, I listener, know. It's just for you. It's just for just you. Just for me. Okay. Oh, good. No, I'm, I'm so glad I stopped what I was going to say so that you could inform me the name I've already forgotten, C.C. DeVille or something, for a song that prior to the episode starting, I was telling you was in my head. That's great. That's wonderful. I wish the episode was about that, because that would have been a segue right into the topic. All I was going to say was I'm trying not to have my nasally sort of, hey, voice that sounds phony, but I feel like this other voice, this 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 whatever I'm doing now, I'm the, trying to The have, one that sounds like you're full of disdain and uh, regret that I'm co-hosting today? That's the one I'm using, <laughs> and I'm curious if it's coming across as that. And it's I guess the clear. answer is yes. It's very clear. <laughs> well, well, not good because I don't want you to go. But you know, at least it's audible, and okay. it's, it's, a, it's it's a character there. Um, thank you for the reminder of '90s superstar uh, Minerva Swan. What was that? I can't even remember what you just said. I don't, it's CC That's how something. CC. C.C. Pentagram. She sings finally Pentagram. C.C. Pentagram sings a pop song that in the olden days of this podcast, I would have used as background music in the closing, but I'm not gonna because uh, now we just use public domain (laughs) and uh, Well, we should check. That may be in the public domain by now. We should- we should double check. Do you think that. there's any songs from the '90s that are public domain that somehow that people use that slip through the cracks? No, probably not. Anything that was on the radio that we are familiar with is probably not in public domain. I'm sure there is something from the '90s that we were unaware of and will never be aware of that is in public domain. But but this song by A and P Music Factory, that's not. That's probably not public domain. The song we're yeah. Do you mean? Right, but the yeah. Oh man! What okay. are we talking about today? Well, I think your 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 mention of '90s music could have worked as a way of maybe uh, getting into the topic. Yes, uh, first of all, I'm glad you're back. I know we're going bi-weekly, so I, I'm just happy that every other week there's still a new episode. So thank yeah. you uh, for, for 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 being here. But you were just asking me, what are we doing today? I will tell you that today. 
<clears throat> on the show and listener <laughs> to, to turn our attention to you. Because again, something that I, I've really been bothering me recently on other podcasts, I, podcasts that I listen to are when the hosts think they're, I know we've talked about this before, but they're off topic banter or something that's happening just between them with their cat in the room or with a door or that happened the day before so that, that that's worth it just shows that nobody edits their sh- not no one but a lot of people don't edit their show and i think it's probably because they're very professional and they're talented and they got good microphones but also you can snip some of that you can yeah. cut some of that out and and we could even practice that right now and do a nice clean segue so you can cut out this whole thing that we've just been talking about uh-huh if you want to try that, I could try that. Yeah, that would be good because that then you get to the topic faster. Let That's me do this then. Do. Let me do this. So, Tim, what's our uh, topic for today, sir? You weren't ready for that. I, I, well, I should be because I have all these notes. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you asked a question. I can tell you. I, it doesn't seem to bother you though. You're fine with the, with the, with, the, with. The, do you listen to other podcasts? Actually, I know you don't. So, why am I, I asking I, you this? I, I've I've only listened to a rare few. Like um, this one, ours and, and script notes. Early, was script notes ours. the one? Script notes was the was the one for a time, and that was just listen, listen to some any random crime ones. podcasts. You don't listen to any true crime podcasts, do you? I haven't done any true crime podcasts. I think that's good. I'm a little tired of hearing about people who like listening to true crime podcasts. I'm almost as tired of being the one who talks about not liking true crime mm. podcasts because most everybody seems to like them a lot. What's today's topic, though? I think if we could zero in, I know that I'm not helping, uh, but for you, you were coming to this today. What, what, yeah, what is today's topic? Huh? Wow. Uh, well, Jesus you brought in a, a, a pretty Christ. interesting topic. It's horrible. No, no, no. Um, you, you brought in a pretty interesting topic, I think. It's, mm-hmm. fu- it's a fun little exercise, something to think about. Um, you had asked that we both kind of come to today's episode with a couple feature film examples from the 90s. The 1990s. Uh, the 1990s of what we kind of feel represent what our lives were like in the 90s, um, if I'm if I'm understanding that topic correctly. Yeah, I think so. Basically, I thought we could crown something or deem something or just call something uh, sort of like 1990s, the movie. And again, not necessarily, like you're just saying, not necessarily the biggest grossing movie of the 1990s and maybe not even the most influential to the world at large or to cinema or anything like that. But basically, like you were just saying, what movie that you and I saw in the 1990s that came out in the 1990s best, yeah, reflects, represents, and was probably ripped off uh, by us during the 90s? Right. Um, and, and, I, and I picked that. I mean, I guess I picked the 90s because I feel like we, we, you know, we met in 1993, but also the 90s were, were the era of coming into my own. Yeah. Of, I don't know if it happened so much in, 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 in elementary school and in the 80s in our childhood, but like in the 90s, at least for myself, I was in a way building a persona. Obviously, a lot of it was sincere, but also I was old enough to be seeing the art that I liked, the the artists that I liked, the fashions that the ways of speaking that I liked, the thoughts that I liked, and, and adopting some of it, building a sense of self and identity out of it, building a way of interacting about it. And some of that comes from comedians, from TV. So so I think the nineties was an era where I think I was really trying to reflect the art I saw and also find art that maybe I thought reflected myself, unlike the 80s. I mean, do you have that experience or feeling about, you know, we were, what, 14 when the 90s started, 24 when it ended, 25 when it ended for you. Like, 
that is probably the era where I was trying to build who I was most aware of it. So some of it's phony, some of it's not, but really just grabbing from pop culture and almost putting it on me like a Voltron or like an outfit or something better reference than those. Do you have that memory of an experience for yourself? Oh, definitely. Um, And I think it's because of, of the major life changes that occurred to us in the nineties. I think that played a major part. I mean, you're going from like you were saying elementary, middle school. So like in, in our nineties, we have um, high school, we have college and we have post-college all in that decade. And that's such a huge transition from childhood to, I don't necessarily want to say adulthood yet, (laughs) but, um, but being out on your own living, you know, at, and facing the world for the first time. And so, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, I don't even remember, I don't ever remember using pop culture as a reference point um, in the 80s. I I love a lot of things from the 80s, but I don't remember ever using it when I met somebody. We didn't, you know, maybe if somebody had garbage pail kids, I remember maybe that was something (laughs) we talked about. So your life in the 80s best summed up by garbage pail kids. Basically, yes. But in the 90s, I was excited and happy to talk to people about MacGyver or, or Harry Connick Jr. or, you know, like all the, the regular stuff that people know me for. That, that was all in the 90s. So formative, sort of. Yeah. And again, I think you probably just hit on it, so I'm just repeating it. But I think because, yeah, we're maturing and developing, it's, it's probably the largest span of development that you can pack into 10 years. Yeah, there's so, so many transitions which was why it was a little hard to to really narrow down my picks here because there are like very divided sections of my life through the 90s. All right. Well, I, and I think it's good. We're both coming with a couple examples, at least two solid ones, maybe a few stragglers if anything hits our fancy. What I thought is we'll discuss them and then maybe by the end of the episode, we, if we can figure out which one actually feels like it is the official film of the 90s, maybe we can do a future retro shock or episode about that particular film because it'd be nice to talk about it more in depth. I think that'd be great. Can we do it? Can we agree on one? Well, I'd be curious if we've picked any of the same ones. So I think there's at least one overlap for sure. Well, why don't we start off? Why don't you let me know what's what's maybe the first uh, the first on your list film that you felt might have been the best representation of you as you were living in the 1990s? All right. Should I start with that one that I think is the overlap or should I start with, with something else? Yeah. You start with ever, whichever one you want. I'm going to start one. with I'm going to start with another one. OK. And uh, so this isn't the overlap one. Um, I don't think this will be on your list, but it's on mine. Okay. Um, and it's it's more of the second half of the 90s. So again, I feel like it's very divided for me, you know, because I see high school as a separate thing from college and college separate from post-college, although college and post-college kind of blend, I think. They are uh, a blur in, to me, the that, same entwined DNA to me, college and post-college. Yeah, okay. yeah. And in that blend, there was a movie I saw, I think I was a senior in college still, um, and it it is like a stylized version of what i felt like i was kind of trying to achieve in my life uh and that movie is the 1996 film swingers so swingers basically follows uh, a few friends one uh john favreau's character and the names escape me because i haven't seen the movie in quite some time uh but it follows a bunch of friends mostly actor wannabes uh in la hollywood um you know young guys just outside of college just starting their careers uh, follows their lives, and basically, uh, John Favreau's character moves to L.A. to doing some stand-up. He just broke up with his girlfriend, and he's 
kind of wallowing through that, trying to see if he'll ever love again and maybe he'll get back with this girl. And in the meantime, all of his friends are trying to help him forget her and they're trying to live this lifestyle uh, accentuated by the title of swingers. They're trying to be cool cats. They're trying to be hip. They go to Vegas. They go to swing dance clubs. They hit the nightlife. They do all that sort of shit. Um, and at the end, does John Favreau grow? A bit, sure. Does he meet someone new? Yeah. You know, he's he's moving on with his life. He's not worried about what was back in, I think it was Chicago. Um, so, um, yeah, that's basically the plot of Swingers. There's not too much else going on. I mean, this movie was everywhere in college. I mean, I don't know if Swingers made a lot of money as a film, if, but I do feel like it was a phenomena. I remember seeing that poster with, uh, what's his name, holding the, the, the glass up. Yeah, the martini the glass. Lens. Saw that poster everywhere. I know it brought swing music into our lives, unfortunately. And it I know was it there was just... before that. I mean, we won't get into that. That's a topic for our Harry Connick episode, but <laughs> okay. it was there before that. And it brought in people talking a certain way. I know the phrase money. People loved saying that and this behavior. Yeah, Vegas, no, this baby. Right? So yeah. this was, I get this being a social culture, but I mean, you're not an actor. I'm not an actor, but here's you're the not thing. living in. I'm Las not an actor Vegas. now. I had I had visions of being maybe an actor. There was hints okay. of things. Um, when I when I saw this movie, I was living in LA. I was doing my. Uh, you were yeah. My second uh, half of the year, my senior year, I went to our LA program, our Emerson College LA program, um, and I saw this movie with a bunch of friends, and so we were living that lifestyle in a way like a really lame version of it were or were you was it after the movie you were seeking it out no 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 well it's probably a little of both but i felt like i was like i was way out on my own i was in i was in los angeles i was in hollywood which it was a dream of mine like growing up uh it's not what i'm doing now but there were dreams of writing television shows, acting and being a comedian. Uh, you know, I was in a, the, our comedy troupe in college. And when we moved out in LA, I helped co-found another comedy troupe. And, you know, there was a dream and a goal at one point to be a comedian and star in whatever I could do with that, you know, whether I'm writing it or being in it. So, so no, I wasn't an actor. I was never paid. Uh, to be an actor, but there was for that time in my life that dream, and we were also all single and and going out. We would go to bars, we would hang out, you know, we would hang out with each other. There's a scene in the movie where they're just hanging out playing video games. We were doing that uh, before going, you know, to get a slice somewhere and and see if any of the other women from the the college were hanging out anywhere. So. And then after college, it kind of grew and accentuated. We had cars, and we could go further. Um, so uh, it was, yeah, I mean, we weren't as cool as they were. We weren't as stylized as they were. I had no suits. But, you know, I was that version of me. That is something that I guess, because I, I know a lot of people love this movie. I was not drawn to see this movie. I, I was not in a rush to see this movie. I didn't know until recently when you brought it up on another episode that this movie mattered to you because the title of the movie, Swingers, that's, to me, I was just like, that sounds like a dick. Not not like an actual dick, but a person who is a dick. That sounds and like- And there are characters that you will find 
dickish in this movie. Yeah. Right? I think. So yeah. I wasn't attracted to that. I wasn't attracted. I mean, I found it funny how Vince Vaughn talked. And I saw some of the slumpiness of John Favreau's character, I guess, was relatable. But again, it this was not a movie that I could identify with. I've only seen it once. And again, it's a funny movie. It's a well-made movie. It's an enjoyable movie. But I did not look into that as being something that I would recognize. And in what you're describing, it sounds like situationally, it was reflecting a lot of your life, the, the pastimes of playing video games, the, the, the going to bars together. And I guess, I don't know, did you have mostly guy friends then? Were you just moving in a circle of horny single guys? Uh, at that time, yeah. At that time, I was. I won't name names. There are some people you know. But uh, yeah, th- that's, you know, because we had roommates uh, we had roommates uh, during the college program, and then there were um, four of us that lived together um, right after college. We got a place in Sherman Oaks, and there were four of us that lived together, and two other people we knew moved in across the street for a time. And then just a few months after that, uh, two other folks we knew moved um, into the same complex across the street. Uh, and so there was a circle of us right there, and and all guys uh, and then, you know, we had women friends that circled us as well. And, and so if we had parties, we were all just right there. So we were like crossing the street to grab beer from the other place. It was it was a nice, cool, neat way to live at that time right after college. But was was this movie aspirational, though? Because it's, it is a movie about guys, it's bros, whatever. And I don't remember there being memorable female characters or even fair treatment of female characters. So it, it's a movie very driven by these male mindsets. I get the practices of it. I get the, the, what it's like to hang out, what it's like to be aimless. Again, they have a sense of fashion I didn't have. They have a sense of money that I didn't have. But... Did you, when you were seeing this movie, did you, I just don't understand knowing you how I know you and thinking of this movie, how I'm thinking of it. What do you see in the, like, did you want to be them? Uh, I probably did at that time. Yeah. I think I really did. I wanted to be that confident. Am I out of line or misremembering it to be shocked by that? Is it odd that I'm surprised by that? Um, I don't know. It might be. Uh, surprising that you're shocked by that. I wanted to be that confident as they were, that they could just walk into a room. And yes, n- knowing better now, they're they are very dickish. Um, sure. But, which again, I'm not. Which they can be, and that's. But I'm they just, had you at the time. Yeah, were they dickish to you at the time? They had a style I didn't have. They had a confidence I didn't have. They had uh, rapport that I didn't have. Um, and so, yeah, there was a combination of. I'm kind of doing this on on one level, like 12 rungs below where these fictionalized characters are doing it. Um, And so, yeah, I wanted to kind of get up that ladder, I guess. And this was kind of midpoint in the 90s. You had built up, like you're saying, it's senior year. So you've already built up who you are a little bit. Um, Sounds like you saw in the theater. I mean, and it was it was like that transition year. I didn't see it in the theater, actually. Um, It was a it was a transition year because it's like I've gone from Boston where I've spent most of my time, you know, becoming who I was. And now I'm in L.A. where suddenly I'm in the quote unquote cool city where I've been dreaming to go to. I'm finally there. And I watched this on a uh, on an Academy screener. Uh, a friend of ours had a connection and was able to get a hold of an Academy screener. And so here I am in L.A. 
watching uh, a DVD of a movie that I can't even sure I'm not sure if it was out yet or if it was already out, but I didn't have to pay for it. And I'm watching it on the screener. And it's just like, suddenly everything is like, this is like, I'm, I'm touching the edges of what my life could be, of what LA could be for me. And here are these characters that are right there kind of doing the same thing. Yes, they're fictionalized. Yes, they're um, doing it better than I would ever do it to an extent. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a poignant, perfect moment for this movie to hit me. Because I was just transitioning as they were uh, into that life. Possibly into that life. Turned out, no, didn't happen. Didn't go there. And I guess that's what's interesting in what you just said is that you're, you know, we're looking at a movie that influenced our decade. You picked this out of the gate as the one you picked. And it represents such a microcosm of you at that time. Because you, like you probably just said, you weren't in Los Angeles for a long time. This wasn't the life you necessarily had. So it's interesting that it no, somehow but, made an impact on you, though. And I guess I'm, still, I'm, it did make an impact because then when I when I left L.A. and I moved back to Boston and, and roomed with you again, um, I think I still kind of tried to to reach to that that uh, that movie to that movie. Because, I mean, we would have our parties and we would go out and we'd go to bars and we would tr- I in my mind was probably thinking Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, let's be cool. Let's talk to some women. Uh, let's swing dance. Wow. Being cool was never something I thought about in the 90s. And also swing dancing? I was never successful at it. No, but it, but, I, but I it just, was definitely something is in your mind. I, I was I mean, attempting to do. I will say, you know, on, on a chart, you would come across more cool than I. I can definitely see that. <laughs> but I just, I that's know. so interesting to me because, again, I, I don't. Again, I said it's an enjoyable enough movie. I hated the fans of this movie. I hated because I was at the dorms when this movie came out. I thought you were too, the fall of, of 96. And maybe, maybe it was. Yeah, it was 96. So I was still in Boston at that time, but I didn't see it until I was in L.A. So it must have been after it was out in theaters. I do find it interesting that that was kind of when you're out there, if you need a template, I guess this movie maybe was your template of how you survived there. And it sounds like you brought some of that back with you. But yeah, this is... When was the last time you saw this movie? Oh, a long time. Five plus years. It maybe, was. Okay. Maybe eight or nine years. Do you remember enjoying it the last time you saw it? I do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My, my wife very much enjoyed the movie. Uh, she had the, the movie poster up on her wall for the longest time. And that's the only way to enjoy a film. Well, I'm just saying. Static one shot in a college dorm. You're not, we, we don't buy a, a lot of movie posters. We buy the ones for the movies we like. And of the movies she likes, that was one of the three, I think, movie posters she's had up on her wall. I want to side with you, but for the longest time, I had a My Stepmother's an Alien poster and a Loose Cannons poster on my wall because of my fandom for Dan Aykroyd. So I I, I didn't think of it that way. Understood. I just thought of it as these are pictures yeah. of Dan Aykroyd and they're huge. There you go. You know, you could always have turned those into a collage and just cut out Dan Aykroyd. I could have, but then I wouldn't have a tiny John Lovitz <laughs> and a dissatisfied looking Gene Hackman in a jacket. Um, either way, I had the Loose Cannons poster, so I was happy about that. Yeah. All um, right. So, yeah, okay. Do you have more you want to say about Swingers? No, I think that kind of covers it. Again, I think it was a very pivotal moment in my time, and I didn't even mention that moving uh, to Los Angeles meant that I was breaking up or had broken up with my longtime girlfriend. So there was that connection as well. So it was just a very perfect moment for that movie. 
and it kind of carried me through much of the end of the 90s there. Oh, that's and that's a good point because I'm curious to where these movies fall. To jump in, I guess, with the first movie that actually came to mind when I was thinking of this episode, the thing that kind of sparked this was um, in 1992, uh, Cameron Crowe, writer and director Cameron Crowe, who had brought us Say Anything in Fast Times at Ridgemount High, released a movie called uh, Singles. It came out as the grunge music movement was breaking, you know, Nirvana was already on the radio. Pearl Jam was a big deal. That's who would have been a big deal to me. Um, it reflected a lot of the music at the time. You know, that single soundtrack is still, we did an episode on it. That's a very meaningful yeah. soundtrack to me. And to see this movie, this was hip, uh, cool kids to use words. I never use, you know, trying to just trying to connect, talking about it amongst themselves. And, 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 and you know, at 12th grade, to see this movie, it, to me, it played a lot like uh, Seinfeld, you know, and it played a lot like uh, Anything But Love or L.A. Story or, or even Annie Hall. It was playing that's funny like you say romantic that, comedies. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I always thought that if any feature film could have been turned into a really successful television series, it would be singles. And I guess maybe it kind of was with like friends maybe or, you know. But in watching it back then, there was clever wordplay. There was people focusing on records, on the little minutia of their house and how, how their house is set up. It was people, I guess, falling in love, but for most of the movie, falling in love as perceived in their friend group. Talking yeah. with their friends, talking about it, you know, and like, I, I think, you know, this movie being a sitcom, like you were saying, is the perfect way to describe it because it gave me a template when I was in high school and, you know, worrying about dating and having not dated. It gave me a template of how I could talk about that, how I could fumble around that and how I could build a circle of friends around me to understand that, which is what I did in college, I was mimicking this movie from the moment I felt comfortable stepping out of the dorm, which was about a month into being in college. <laughs> I was set to make Boston my Seattle. I was set to make all my friends there, my friends from the movies. I was set to find someone to date, which didn't actually happen. I was set to live in the record stores, for me, live in the comic book stores, and just turn this city into how I communicated, how I existed, and taking everybody with me. And that's not something I did in high school. I didn't travel out in high school. I went to the movies. I went to the mall. I went to the comic book store. But everything happened at home in isolation, and I was fine with that. But but singles, when I look at that movie, when I think that this movie propelled me from 1992 into an eight-year rush you know, through the 90s of just always being around people and being in the city and just wandering about in these conversations, these highly stylized, socializing, romantic conversations and this this movie again soundtrack pretty well with music i loved just seemed to scream to me this is how you exist as ultimately a 20 something i mean are you is this movie on your list is singles on it, yours it, it is uh it's not the two that i came strong with it's but it's one of the uh, ancillary ones that i've listed here yeah i couldn't quite i couldn't quite put it on there because um honestly i haven't seen it in so long i didn't have a full uh, recollection of the movie to to really feel comfortable really? naming it, yeah. Which is Did funny we not because watch this a lot we watched it and... so yeah we watched it so much uh, together. I just couldn't recall enough of it to connect to it to put it on the main list. But hearing you talk about it, I was like, ah, oh, I should have put it on the list because you're absolutely right. And and talk about soundtracking a life like you and I both did that. We would make mixtapes. We would walk around the city with our headphones on. We would find these moments in our lives where the song would play and and we'd be walking. Like I know we've talked about this before. I do I do that where I turn that 
into a movie scene. I kind of lift myself out of uh, my own body and I view how am I walking down the street? Who am I nodding my head to as this song plays? You know, and it 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 probably spawned from this film. Well, I feel like this is the first movie, and this happens a lot now and it happens in other things I identify with, but these were at least characters, again, who were talking about something I was invested in pop culture-wise. Uh, uh, earlier, or last year, we did a Square Pegs episode. We talked about the show Square Pegs and how the kids in that school, Sarah Jessica Parker and the other actors, talked about pop culture of the moment. They referenced um, TV shows that I would have known. There were pictures of bands of the moment, and they were there. That, coming from sitcoms, where usually they make up a play on words for musicians or it's whoever is the top 40 musician at that time, hearing people actually interact about these things that I could be passionate about. Singles was newish for me for that. It was kind of a new way. Newish? That's a word, I think. Yeah, a way of seeing that. And so, yeah, this movie, <clears throat> that was the good side of it. This movie also set up unrealistic precedent precedents for me. You know, I mentioned those other Anything But Love, Annie Hall, Ellie Story, these romantic comedies. This movie kind of furthered that unfortunate pursuit of a romantic comedy in real life for me. Yeah. This movie made me feel like you're going to bumble through relationships and you're going to do the crazy flirting. And you're going to have your fight, but you'll get back together and you're going to tell your friends all about it. Like it, it set up the precedent where I keep saying that word and I think I'm saying it wrong. It set up the reality where I just wanted to perform the way these characters. I wanted the movie story of this. Sure. And I think I lived most of my life in the 90s that way. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're talking about this movie just the same way I talked about Swingers in that yeah. it's it's because it's the same thing. It's relationships. It's interacting with your friends. I mean, yours had has the better, fuller cast of, of male and female characters. Uh, Swingers only gave us the bro uh, situation. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very... Uh, I don't want to say identical, but very similar uh, kind of way that that we were aspiring to be. Yeah, I don't know. It has stuck with me. I have you watched it recently? When was the last time you singles? Saw singles? No, that's another one I haven't seen. I've probably I've seen Swingers more recently than Singles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went a long time without seeing Singles. I because I, I, I think I burnt out on it for a bit. There was a little backlash in my yeah, mind. Yeah, you and I watched it. it quite a few times. I think so. And yeah, and yeah. I think the first half of that movie play, still plays really well. I When I watch it now, I'm more interested in some of the secondary characters in the main romance. But again, when that movie starts, watching that movie, watching how much... I can't stand Cameron Crowe anymore. I used to adore him. I can't stand him in any other movie. But with this movie, his love for that city, I'm assuming Seattle is sincere, but at least his or presenting that lifestyle and happens to be in Seattle... His love for showing that and what it looks like and what it feels like and the fact that most of these characters, with the exception of uh, of, the, of the band Citizen Dick, most of these characters are not necessarily grudge characters or club characters. They're characters I could be. I could look like the Steve character. I could look like the Kira Sedgwick character. I could be them. Right. So it was approachable. So, yeah, I this movie is a loving time capsule of the confidence that comes with being miserable in your early 20s. Right. But I don't think, well, that's, you know what? That sentence is wrong. I don't, I think it's the, I don't, I think it's a way of hiding your misery. I think it was finding something else because misery, if I can go second again, just as a lead way, sure. segue, misery yeah. informs my other, the other movie that I picked. And that movie, um, I'm wondering if this is the one that's on your list, uh, 1994's Clerks. 
Tim, <clears throat> swingers and and uh, singles are what we aspire to be. <laughs> clerks is what we were. That's how I see it. Clerks, yes, Clerks is on my list. This is this is the one that I figured would be the overlap. This is the one that I think is going to end up being our winner um, because more than any any movie from the nineties, Clerks was me. Now, why? Why do you say that? Because I'm going into this thinking like, what a cynical film. What a wonderfully cynical film. Well, you go first because it, it's your turn. Well, no, but go ahead. Oh, well, I'm just, I mean, just on surface level, I was a clerk. Just let's let's just get <laughs> that out true. of the way. It's a relatable. It I, is interesting. Worked... All these movies' titles are a thing. A swinger, oh, a single, true. a clerk. They that's are true. These, these interesting. Things. Um, our identities we're looking for. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't, I, I worked at a convenience store um, most of my college years and post- uh, I've worked in, you know, little novelty shops, little gift shops. Uh, I worked at, in college, I worked at the, the convenience store there, the little, um, you know, the, the little food and snack place. Uh, so yeah, no, I was constantly, constantly clerking for much of the nineties. And then like you're saying that cynical, woe is me, um, th- this isn't my fault kind of attitude this some some other situation got me here uh that certainly bubbled up through through my 90s yeah now were you already feeling that when this movie hit or did this movie hit and you're like oh maybe that's something i can relate to uh it's probably more that's something i can relate to like i couldn't put my finger on it like i probably felt it but just wasn't quite sure what it was and then this movie helped identify it. Yeah, this sounds so stupid, slack or whatever, but there's 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 depth in my opinion to what I'm about to say, only because otherwise it means I'm a phony. But this movie validated my feelings that in reality, the world I was living, the surrounding I was in, the earth, college, the career I was being told to find, all of these things that I was being told I was supposed to do, this movie validated that those things were bullshit. <laughs> That there were other people's expectations that just because I didn't know what I wanted to do in the 90s, that was fine. You know, the path I was supposed to take that everyone pushed me towards college and studies and, you know, you got to get a job to support yourself. None of that was something I was interested in. It's it, it, it makes sense why you one might be, you know, you want to support yourself. You want to be able to live and do the things you want. And it's definitely the, the, the paths both my brother and then shortly when she got to college, my sister were following. People around me were following. And it didn't speak to me. It never spoke to me. I didn't want to go to college. I'm glad I did because of the people I met. But that's a very pricey way to just get <laughs> out of the house. And I didn't want to study necessarily study writing. I just wanted to write. And I didn't want to get a job. But obviously, you have to. All these things... And these feelings that made it so confusing for me just to feel like, well, what am I doing? Because these are the routes you're supposed to take. This movie showed me that, yeah, it's a bum rap if that's how you feel. Yeah, the world works against you. And again, it's it's heightened. It's, 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 it's self-congratulatory. It's a drama queen. And it's not necessarily the healthiest way. But there is something important or there was something important for me to be able to say no, no to that. You know, no to yeah. the need that I get a degree to get a job. No to the need that I'm actually financially stable because none of that would have satisfied me. And that is what my 90s were. I mean, we we moved in together and, and I, I was temping. I was working at a coffee shop. I didn't have savings. I mean, these were the things I was doing. Yeah. It, when I 
told my wife about this topic, um, I'll be honest, the first movie that came into my head was Swingers. And we were talking about some other movies, and then I was like, oh, Clerks. Uh, forget it. It's Clerks. Like, <laughs> the, I don't know how I didn't think of it first, but then when I said that, it's like, like th- this whole... This whole conversation is going to end with clerks because, yeah, because it's just – it was that obvious. I mean, it was so – it was – I mean, not only was it just a movie that we watched all the time uh, during that time, uh, but but it was what we were doing. It was who we were. We were – yeah, that the banter, the pop culture discussions, the relationship discussions – um, and, and just the, the real, yeah, I like that you, you talk about it being, um, uh, you know, uh, an example of, of how to talk to friends cause, uh, they would, you know, josh each other, but then they would also have really real moments with each other too. And, and that's important, I think, uh, to, to, to kind of see that and know what that should be like, because a lot of times it's like, you know, you look at your swingers <clears throat> and it's so stylized, it's so over the top. You're not going to find. I mean, like a I real. I think it is, but I didn't relate to it. You're not going to find a real what? Sorry. Well, I was just going to say it's like uh, you're not going to find a healthier, uh, a healthy relationship in swingers. Um, the, the the ones that that are there just off to the side, I think. Um, but I mean, Dante and Randall in in Clerks. Um, there's a love there between the two of them. I think that. That is hidden underneath all that cynicism. I don't even know if it's hidden. I mean, I think it's the okay. nature of that kind of a. I mean, from my own perspective, I mean, that is something I. Nothing mattered to me, well, myself, because I was selfish and narcissistic, but nothing mattered to me more in the 90s than the friend I got to hang out with. Nothing, you know, not the music I listened to, the comics I read. It was just that, that moment to hang out with something. So I, I think that love is real, and I don't think it's under anything. I think it's just there. I think, and I think you and I get that. I think people who like this movie get this. Something I wanted to go back to for a moment then, if this was as impactive as it was, and if we're relating and it came to you, it's like, oh, it's got to be Clerks. Why do you think it wasn't your first thought? When did that disconnect happen? What pushed this out of your brain so it wouldn't be the first thing that came to your mind? Probably because it's not a life I'm living right now. Okay. Um and, you know, not that I'm living the swingers life, so to speak, or the, the singles <laughs> life either, but I'm I'm in an office, I'm in a cubicle, you know, it's, and so, and I've been doing that for years and years and decades longer than I did it in the 90s, uh, longer than I clerked in the 90s. Uh, so that, that might be why. That oh, might be really? One why. You've been doing the job you're at now longer than... Uh, the type of job that I'm doing now, I've been doing since 2001. So that's like Jeez, that's seven, two that's decades years. almost. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> wow. So maybe that's I, I, the reason. That and we also we've often talked about Kevin Smith and and Clerks and yeah. his other movies. Do you want to repeat it? <laughs> Do you want to repeat a topic? Yeah. So does so relating to these movies and what they represent. You don't relate to any of them anymore. You know, I mean, do you relate or do you like even try to with swingers? No, you know, I don't even try to with swingers. I mean, I've been to Vegas, but even that <laughs> isn't that much it. fun. And you, ha- you yeah. had two kids. So that's two babies. Yeah, I've, I've had two babies. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 not 
these these are what our lives were in the 90s and this is nothing like what my life is now is that frustrating was it hard to think of these or? um it was a little hard to think of them yeah and and a couple of the others were stretches um, what else was it yeah i'm sorry what else is on your list well as a, as a bit of a stretch because i was trying to be like okay because because uh clerks was more college post-college swingers was definitely post-college so i was trying to be like well what what was the early 90s, mid 90s, high schoolish? And I, I fell on Wayne's World. Oh. Um, yeah. Which, again, is more not about. Not a career, not a single or clerk title. So that's no, good. No, but yeah, I fell on Wayne's World because, again, it was just friends hanging out, two close friends hanging out, especially. Yeah. That's uh, a great movie to pick. Doing goofy shit, talking about stupid things, literally. Uh, just, you know, trying to put together a show, uh, you know, their own little uh, um, public access show, which I didn't do until college, but I did probably inspired by Wayne's World, tried to put one together. Um, I, mean, I think this that we do now is a variation on adults doing that. Right. Yeah, totally. So, so the, yeah, kind of that's, that's where I went. I know it's, there's a lot more in Wayne's World. Um that that isn't real life and so that's why i didn't put it as like one of my top two but that was that was a, another one that that came up came up that's great no i mean i and i like that movie and i do remember you know what's similar to how you know i was i was relating to and i think it came out in 91 so the year before singles but similar to that relation of these were people talking about cartoons these were people talking about music they were interacting in a way that i was seeing and it wasn't the older characters that, I mean, again, they're older than we were by a few years, but it's like, instead of relating to Richard Lewis, to Alvy Singer, to, to, to the Harry or Sally, when Harry met Sally, relating to someone that it was a life that reflected us. Like, I think this question that, you know, the pose to anyone, the question of, well, what movie from the 90s best represents your 90s? Different people are going to have very different examples. Totally I don't different. think that's why I don't think we're deciding the official '90s movie. I mean, that would be something like Pulp Fiction or Empire Records. I don't know what it would be. Yeah, this is the 20th Century Podcast uh, official movie. You know the name of the show? No. Do you know the name of the show? Do- I don't okay. even know who it's, I'm it's, talking it's, to right now. If you go into however you get the podcast, it'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but no, it's true, and and I just I think for you and I, it's I guess it's not a surprise that were picking movies that were about having a support group. I mean, all of these are, I don't know, like Swingers isn't a romantic movie. Clerks isn't a romantic movie. Um, I don't even know if how romantic Singles is in the bigger picture. I know it seemed, right. it's what I thought romance was, but right. these are the movies of people bumping into each other and struggling with themselves. And I to pick a movie now, and I'm not going to do it because I haven't thought through it, I don't think any movie I pick now to represent myself would be about this because I don't have these friend groups. I have a close relationship, which I'm happy to have, and we do this show, but I don't have the day-to-day, my life is their life existence yeah. there isn't wasted time. There isn't that same group of friends uh, driving around the city just looking for what's happening, what's going on, listening to the radio, that I, that I do that with every Friday and Saturday night. Nope, not anymore. And I miss that so much. I mean, that was our 90s. That was our childhood. And I think that was good for us. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that's... One tells themselves to validate where they are. No, life, but you, yeah. you needed to have that. I mean, if, if if honestly, if I was living the way I'm living now, 
when I was, you know, in high school, minus the the marriage and the children, man, I, I don't know what, how I would have developed into a functioning human. You need to have those relationships, even when they fail, even when those friends turn on you or, you know, misunderstandings happen. That's how you learn to deal with those things uh, as they happen further in your future and mean more and are more important. You know, it's if you can have a falling out with high school friends, then you could figure out how to have a decent relationship with coworkers. You know, it's just it's how life works. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened when it did. And I wonder, and we, we can't tell, but if it wasn't for these movies, I wonder if our life would have still followed the same path. And I don't know. I'm not saying I learned how to be from singles and from clerks. Or you learned how to be from Wayne's World swingers and clerks. But something in, with any form of art, and that's why these things are art, something in them hit at the right time and connected at the right time. I still enjoy Clerks when I watched it, when I watch it. I still find it entertaining and I'm still touched by it and sucked into it. Because honestly, I knew I was going to pick a Kevin Smith movie. I just didn't know if I was going to pick this or Mallrats. My initial impulse was like, oh, Mallrats, but that's that's forced. I think I wanted to be Brody. I wanted to be brash. That's not who I was. I like the comic book angle, but that wasn't me. And I almost picked Chasing Amy because I thought, yeah, that's how I viewed relationships. But that also was such a that's not a good lesson, first of all. Yeah. And that wasn't me either. But these, I wasn't about dating in the 90s. I was about these friendships. I thought for a second, too, when you mentioned the topic and you said come with two or three movies, I thought maybe his three movies are going to be Clerks, Small Rats, and Chasing Amy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dogma because of my <laughs> recent conversion to preachiness. No, yeah. No, I'm, well, great. I'd, we have talked a lot about Kevin Smith, so maybe we're not going to do a Clerks episode. Honestly, to get back to it, because I don't think either of us have seen it recently, maybe we should do Swingers. Maybe that's the one we really? should do. I know we – well, because I'm we curious can, We can do I, Swingers for a future episode, but I don't I don't know that we necessarily can crown it our 90s movie. I, no, I, I think, I, I think we crowned Clerks, clerks our yeah. 90s. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. I would say okay. Clerks represents our 90s. But then from like this discussion, we'll, we'll uh, do a future episode on Swingers. Yeah, because I want to understand what you see in that. Because to me, that's, I'm diametrically opposed to relating to that movie. Not because I feel that way, but because I like the phrase diametrically opposed. <laughs> and if you're diametrically opposed to not hearing any more of our episodes, you can check us out, 20th Century Pop, at www.20popcast.com. That's the main website for the show. You can find all of our past episodes there to listen to, as well as the most recent episodes streaming. You can also find links there to subscribe to us on all different kinds of podcast catchers, as well as following us on Twitter and Instagram at 20popcast. We'd ask that you check that out. And if you like the show, please subscribe to it. That helps us out. It gets the episode to you more directly. Um, Bob, that was very rapid. Were you done? Sorry, I, I saw a moment for a segue. but No, that work. was a perfect segue. I was totally yeah? done talking to you. Okay. <laughs> and that's it, everyone. Enjoy this final episode. Of, no. Um, do, do, do you want to add any plugs for yourself? Uh, plug in? Well, uh, I don't plugs, really have a plug, maybe? but certainly Some people plug, can follow me. <laughs> no plugs, but Plugging. you can follow me on uh, Twitter. 
at RH King. I don't think that's a plug. That's just a place it's to find your plugging into the conversation. Your Twitter. I, that's that's what a plug is. I guess, but I'm not plugging like, hey, check this hey, thing hey, out can, that if, I've if created. If you want to follow me, you can follow. Yeah, well, you're right. telling people to follow you. That's Fine. that's a plug. You're plugging yourself. I plugging uh, away. Pluggers. Tell them about your pluggers. <laughs> cut out from the newspaper collection of all the different plugger oh, strips pluggers. you have in your refrigerator. You have to get a second refrigerator because the amount of so many pluggers is like the so far side bears. of a joke. There are a lot of bears. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember a single pluggers comic strip? No. I remember. I, was, I, I have images of of a couple. You know, but actually just generic images of a bear wearing a, a plaid flannel shirt. That's basically well, that's all the I thing, can think The pluggers, I think, I, and I'm not sure if this is a real one or if I'm writing one right now, but I think there's a pluggers. It's a, it's a one-panel comic strip um, from the newspaper. So there's the giant bear with the plaid shirt. He's leaning over a sink and in his back pocket. He's got a wrench sticking out of his pocket. And then sure. the caption, the caption underneath the single panel that I just, uh, just described, the caption says, you know you're a plugger if there's a wrench in your back pocket. Right, of course. So I think that's one that somebody maybe who has a wrench would cut out and they put that on their refrigerator because that's fine. Uh It's basically plumbers. It's what? Plumbers. Yeah. Yeah. Bears. Yeah. Bears. Now I'm just gonna say nouns. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) wrench. All right. You didn't finish plugging yourself though. So where can they follow you? Rh Canning. Rh Canning. Do you want them Um, to follow you on Twitter or Instagram or both? Uh, Twitter'd be the best place to interact, yes. and and some people have been, and that's fantastic. I love hearing that from yes. from folks that have been listening. Um, we might as well sh- say some of their names to, as a way of thank you. Who who? Not that people listen to the end of the show, but but who who are you referring to? When sure. You say uh, well, Gretchen for one uh, has been yes, great with Gretchen. a lot of topics. Uh, so Gretchen, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Um, thanks, Gretchen. I'd like to send a shout out to. Jarf Hardeen, yeah. who does uh, some of his own podcasts. He's been on the show before, too, and he uh, he's done some nice comments to the show. And also to Christopher Balzano, who uh, does a spooky South Coast uh, paranormal podcast out of Florida. He's sent me some nice comments on past episodes. But mainly, I, I just I felt like, wouldn't it be nice to thank Lauren Michaels, who caught a little notice of our show recently, told us that he really enjoys the way we look at pop culture, and he doesn't know what a podcast is, but his daughter has Instagram, so he saw one of our funny posts with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, yeah, thanks, Lauren Michaels, creator of Saturday Night Live. Fantastic. Did you hear that uh, that ding? I did. Does that mean it's t- we're done? Or does yeah, that, that mean somebody just told a big end. lie? <laughs> oh, we've reached the end, everyone. Uh, but thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and in one week with something that eight of you have heard before. Seven if you're not listening, Bob. But eight if you, if you end up listening to it. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep, dark factory, an average Joe, Joe Banks, lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Losing my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's... Joe Banks? ...when his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. A total red carpet situation. It's...
It's wine, women, and song in the sweetest little paradise you ever saw. A real journey. Are you Joe Banks? Yeah. Warner Brothers presents Joe, Joe, Joe Banks. The story of a man, a mountain, and a miracle. Take me to the volcano! He's diving! He's jumping! He's leaving! Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, the Academy Award-winning writer of Moonstruck. I love you. I love you, too. I've never been in love with anybody before, either. It's great. I am glad. But the timing stinks. I gotta go.